Uh, my name, Terry Mossholder, as you probably have seen it in the bulletin. Um, my wife Shirley and I moved on here uh, from upstate New York. It'll be two years, August the 27th. And we do a lot, quite a bit of traveling, and uh, we, we wandered into here, and we've been glad that we've been able to worship here with you all, and especially uh, with Jim. I, I really do appreciate the message that he brings every Sunday, and even when I'm away, I'll make sure that I dial in to the Zoom. And uh, uh, my wife, right now, has taken the grandson and son to Dulles Airport, where they're going to fly back to uh, San Diego. We've had uh, them in, with us for two weeks. One week in upstate New York where they wanted to do a bunch of stuff. And the, my uh, grandson Isaac uh, is a little sad being in San Diego. He misses all his friends. He hasn't been there that long. And so we had to herd five 15-year-olds around for a week. And, and, and it keeps you about as busy as a three-legged cat in a sandbox, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, and, and then we got them back down here, and now uh, the reason she's not here now is she's driving them down to Dulles. So that being said, um, hear the word of the Lord. Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the word. Thanks be to God. On this, in this scripture lesson, the only theme that I can come up, the biggest theme I come up with is be prepared. Uh, be prepared for trouble. Be prepared to fall. Be prepared to get up and move on. Uh, Simon, Simon, said Jesus, listen. And in order for us to understand that, we need to go to a companion scripture over in Matthew, the 16th chapter. This is one where uh, Jesus had taken his disciples for some R&R, some rest and recuperation. It was getting pretty hot to be a disciple at that time. The pressure was on them. There was even death threats against the disciples and also against Jesus. They were full of anxiety and stress they didn't know what was going to take place in the next week, the next month, or the next year. And Jesus took them to Caesarea Philippi to give them a break. And while they were there, Jesus said to the group, Who do the people say I am? And they all started kind of talking together, I imagine. I, I don't know how they did that. But they came up with, some people think you're John the Baptist. Some people think you're Elijah. Some people you're Elisha or Jeremiah. Maybe a great teacher. There's a little hesitation, I suppose. And then Jesus says, but who do you say I am? And that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Who do you say I am? And there's Peter. 
Me, me, pick me, 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 pick me. I got the answer, Jesus, I got the answer. Okay, Peter, speak. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, okay, it is not flesh and blood who has revealed this to you, but it is God who has revealed this to you. And now you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, he wasn't saying that he was going to build his church on the shoulders of Peter. As we will see here, Peter was certainly fallible. But he was saying, God has given you this great gift of faith. And that faith will sustain you through all of the chaos, the turmoil, the living of life that we have here. And it's on this chaos and it's on the short, it's on all of you who are here and all of those that we can reach. This church is going to grow. And Jesus knew that very shortly he's going to be in Jerusalem and he's going to be headed to the cross. But at least, at least he had one person who actually did say, you are the Christ, you are the living uh, the Messiah of the living God. So he had one person for sure. So he says now to him, Simon, Simon. Now the reason that I'm saying we need to, a couple reasons why we go back to that other scripture. Whenever they were in Caesarea Philippi, it was Simon, the name of Peter. And that's important because Simon means the one who listens. And then Jesus changed his name to Peter, which means the rock. So then he became the rock. But now, when he comes here, he completes the cycle, and Jesus says, Simon, Simon, listen. You know, it's amazing when we get our name repeated to us, isn't it? It means a little something different. I, I remember as a kid, if I came into the house and my mother or my father said, Terry, Terry, I knew they found out something that I didn't want them to know. And that was bad enough. But in my case, there was a trilogy of Terry. Terry, Terry, Terry. And then I knew I was really in trouble. But for here, for Simon Peter, this was a time that the rock had to put on his ears and he had to listen. And so we come, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat. Now there's a problem for this, I think, for most of us. The modern world in the 21st century, it's hard for people to talk about the devil. I mean, if I got up here and I started pounding on the pulpit and I started screaming, the devil's going to get you, you better get here quick. You would probably all walk out. And I wouldn't blame you. Remember that used to be what they called the white knuckle? 
confessions and coming to Jesus, people hanging on to the pews with their knuckles, getting white because of fear. I, I believe God wants us to come to God in fear. Not fear of God, but fear that we're not standing tall enough in God's presence. That we won't love God enough, that God deserves the love. And I think that's the fear that we come. Because the door is open for everyone. But to have this Satan figure is tough. And yet, Jesus did say it. And so since Jesus said it, it must be true. And we, if we are thinking of it, have a tendency to go thinking of the devil as the Dante's inferno, a big red monster with horns and pointed tail. But I see it, there is an undoubtedly strong something out there that is a spirit of evilness. You can see it through the world. You cannot deny that it's there. You cannot see someone walk into a school and mow down children with a gun without realizing that there is evil in this world. You cannot watch the people from Ukraine running from their homes while their land is being blowed to pieces without knowing there is evil around us. But we don't even have to get that far. I mean, we can just walk around, there's chaos and there's trouble. There's all these things are there. Yes, we have a beautiful world. We really, 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 really do. We have a wonderful world. We, we can look at the Blue Ridge Mountains. We can look at the parks. We can look at coming here to church on Sunday morning, and you cannot deny we are well blessed. But we cannot deny that there is something stronger than who we are, and it's always at odds with who we want to be in our relationship to God. And that's the way I see that. There's a fighting inside us all of the time. It's some kind of a desire. It's some kind of an unexpected death. It's something of uh, some kind of uh, into a career. There's all kinds of things uh, uh, being uh, betrayed by a good friend. It can be all kinds of things that can start to pull us and tear at us. And that's what Jesus was getting at with Peter. Peter, yeah, I think you're just a little bit overconfident. You know, you're there with your hand up, and I, I, I called on you. Whenever I was walking on the water, you were the first one to jump out of the boat. Well, actually, you were the only one, Peter. But you sank. I mean, I've got to give Peter credit. He was always out front. But the scripture is telling us, be prepared. Be prepared. And even though Peter knew about Jesus, Peter didn't really know Jesus. He wouldn't know that until he could grow into that, and he would even go to the cross for Jesus. But at this part of the ministry, he really didn't know Jesus. And that confidence without substance, that knowledge without wisdom will get us in trouble because it got Peter in trouble and it gets me in trouble always. I, 
I'm going to identify with any one of the disciples, it probably would be Peter. Because I'm always going to be out there out front. I'm always going to be saying I can do that when I don't know if I can do it. Uh, This past January, I uh, was able to make a trip to Africa. Now, I wanted to go to Africa for, for many years, but I didn't have the finances or all the other things I needed to do the mission that I wanted to do. But this past January, uh, a group was down one person, and they invited me to join with them. And before I could go, they sent me all this literature and a check sheet that I had to sign and commit to. And part of that asked me, is there anything about you that may prohibit you from doing this mission? And that was putting the roof on a dormitory for women at a technical school in Kenya. There's no reason why I can't do that. There's no reason why I should have any problems with that. Wow. We get there in January, that is the middle of summer in Kenya. You've got a 90 degree sun beating down on you at the equator. You're working on a roof. It was hot. And the next thing I know, I was dehydrated. The next thing I know, I collapsed on the stairwell in a building twice. And then uh, my blood pressure went down to a dangerously low as my blood oxygen did the same thing. And everyone was really concerned about all this. And I thought, wow, you know, what is happening to me? And then I realized, man, whenever I filled out that paper, why did I think that I had medication that says, do not be in direct sunlight for any period of time. Why did I not see that medication or that warning on the label that said, warning, this is a hazard for falls? (laughs) Why did I not remember that I have plates in my ankle with nuts and bolts going through it and I have a titanium rod running from that ankle up to my knee, but that's okay because I have a new knee because it's been replaced. Why did I forget that I'm 75 years old? And the really, really hard and difficult thing for me to come to grips with that three of my companions were also Marine veterans. So you know I wanted to keep up with those 30-year-olds. But it wasn't going to happen. And I can remember saying, you know, Once a Marine, always a Marine. And I began to think seriously about that and my limitations. And I thought, yeah, once a Marine, always a Marine, just not the same Marine. And it was a great trip. And all I wanted to do was go preach to a Kenyan church. And I did manage to accomplish that. And it was amazing. The joy of the Kenyans when they have worship is absolutely amazing. They have zero anything. They don't have anything at all. But they have love. 
and they celebrate it in their worship and they sing and they dance and they do all those things. It's just absolutely fantastic. And it's the very first time that I preached through an interpreter. That was an experience. I never preached through an interpreter that wasn't my wife. It takes a second. I never preached through an interpreter that wasn't my wife. <laughs> All right. It'll come to you. And it'll come to my wife when she sees this video. But I understand Peter and his want and his need to do that. Because Peter said to Jesus, I will follow you to jail or to death. And he said, Jesus said, even before dawn tomorrow morning, you'll deny me three times. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. And when you turn and come back, when you turn and come back, I want you to lift up your brothers, the rest of the motley crew that is called the disciples. I want you to lift them up. I want them for you to tell them you're ashamed. I will want you to tell them how it hurt you. And I want them, I want you to tell them how sorry you are that you weren't prepared for this. Because that will do more for them, that will do more for them than anything I can say to them. And that's something I can take away from that. I mean, if I can talk about my shameful times with humility, who knows what difference that may make in someone else's life. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of power in everybody who's sitting here today. I believe we all have some times we're not so proud of because that's the human side of us. But that's okay. That's okay. Grace covers that. And Jesus said, when you get up, you go out there and you lift them up. Our scars may tell us where we have been, but they should never define where we are heading or where we end. And the biggest thing that we need to really believe is that God loves us just as we are. Just as I am, we sing, and that is the greatest truth of all. Uh, you know, I, people can love music uh, passionately, but almost die for it. And they play horribly and still love music. Yeah, I, I get that when I bring out my guitar and I try to match the bands that I loved for all the years that I've listened to them. You know, my arthritic fingers don't hold the strings down as well as they used to. But I can still love the music. And it comes to the fact that when we 
are in relationship with God, our life changes. And even though we don't do everything that we're, we're called to do, God still pulls us along and lifts us up. The other night, I was tumbling through the various stations on the TV, and I came across The Wizard of Oz. And I don't know how many times I've seen that. I've seen it a hundred times, probably. But the one part that really always comes back to me the strongest is at the very end, when the tin man that uh, needed a heart, when the lion that needed courage, and when the straw man that needed a brain, and Dorothy needed to go home. They were headed to this magical wizard that was going to give them everything they need. And they danced down that yellow brick road, and they got to this big palace, the wizard's palace in Emerald City or whatever it was called. And there was thunder, and there was lightning, and there was smoke, and there was fire, and there was all those things going on. And Dorothy was standing there, and they were trying to explain what it is that they were needing. But the wizard didn't seem to be coming to them. The wizard didn't seem to have an answer. And she got curious, and she went behind a screen. And she saw this little man there, and he has the wheels, and, the wa- and he's doing the thing, is shaking and making thunder, and he's turning lights on and off that makes lightning. And Dorothy says, Mr. Wizard, you are a horrible man. And the wizard says, no, Dorothy, I'm not a horrible man. I'm just not a very good wizard. And every time I fail, I can say, no, don't think I'm a horrible person. I'm just not God. Because we can either live by self-rule or we can live by God's role. And when we choose God's role, be prepared for trouble. Because stretching forth for that high mark of Jesus Christ is a real job. But I believe we all have the faith and the spirit to make that work. So maybe, maybe God will bless all of us. Actually, I think God already has. And all I'll say now is, amen.